Do you ever find yourself wishing that, some, that you had something or someone that could always keep you straight in life? Uh, something to help you keep you out of trouble in today's world. Uh, you know, let's face it, that uh, there's a lot out there that, that can get you messed up and get you discouraged in, in, this, in this world. Uh, this, at times, the, the world can even get a little bit scary. Um, it seems like every time we, we turn, on the, turn on the news or open up the newspaper, we, just, uh, we see one tragedy after another and just uh, all these things that seem to be happening. I actually just kind of reviewing my sermon here. I flipped on the, the news today and just, uh, yeah, I don't know if any of you have heard, there was, was a, um, a cruise ship over in Italy that had actually flipped over and there's been some loss of life. And there was actually something in the news about a, um, a teacher out west being, being killed and capturing a, um, a criminal. They've been cutting uh, different girls in this mall in the Virginia area. It's just everywhere it's surrounding us. So it, it's, it's, we live in a messed up world. We live in a fallen world. And <clears throat> there, um, you know, we, we realize that uh, places that we thought were safe maybe aren't quite as safe as, as, we, as we once thought they were. We think about universities or, or people that we thought um, that we really knew, people that we thought we could trust. And again, we think of just universities. We think of these different things, all, that, all that's going on in the world. Um, it, it's tough. You, you know, as a Christian, us living, uh, trying to live a, a godly life, Trying to trying to follow the Lord in this world, it, it can be it can be a challenge, uh, especially uh, in this time that that we that we live in. And as we as we think about raising our kids or, or our kids' kids, we just wonder how how are we ever going to do this? But you know, thankfully there are there are good churches in this area. We've we've been blessed with 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 New Hope, with other churches in our area, and and thankfully there's still some amazing godly people in in our area still that. Praise God that we we have those things. And uh, but, you know, wouldn't it wouldn't it be nice just to have a little bit more than that? You know, as Christians, as as wanting to follow God, sometimes we just we're just looking for a little bit more. You know, this this world is is like I said, is is kind of messed up, and it really isn't getting a whole lot better. Um, what I believe we need is is a GPS for life, <laughs> a device that uh, will give you all the the correct answers in your life. I mean, face it, they make. Uh, they make a GPS now that you can go out anywhere on the road, and uh, you won't get lost. They even make GPSs that you can go out in the middle of the woods someplace where I get lost when I'm in the woods, and it'll get you out of the woods. Um, there's got to be some kind of a company out there, you know, whether it be Apple or Kindle or Garmin. Somebody's got to be able to come up with a GPS that'll give us the right answers. You know, when, we, when these tough decisions come up, these, uh, these, um, these hard times that we go through in this world that we spoke of, there's got to be somebody that could come up with a GPS that could point us in the right direction. So, you know, I'm not too computer savvy, but maybe some of you kids in here, you could, maybe you guys could get to work on that, coming up with a GPS that will give us directions for our life. But seriously, though, we all, we all need direction in our lives. Uh, God wants us to come to him for it. Uh, where do you get your guidance from? You know, there's, there's so, many, so many options out there nowadays as we think of the Internet, we think of television, uh, people like Oprah Winfrey, all these people that are, that are offering their, their advice. You know, they have, they, they have their own channels on here now. They're giving you, they want to give you advice. They want to tell you the correct way to live their lives. Well, let's take a look into God's Word and see how we can find the direction in His life. Uh, the, the passages of Scripture we'll be studying on today is uh, Exodus 14, um, uh, verses 10 through 14. Exodus 14, verses 10 through 14, and, and I'll read. As Pharaoh drew near, the sons of Israel looked, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. And they became very frightened, 
So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt, saying, Leave us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, Do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. We see that um, through these passages that, that there is help available during these times of trouble. And as we see, the, the Israelites had, had cried out to God that the first step really to, to, to seeking help, to getting help, is to ask for it. As we look at, uh, at verse 10, uh, we see that they, the Egyptians, or excuse me, that the Israelites, they became frightened. So that the sons of, sons of Israel cried out to the Lord. Uh, um, if you would, um, on your notes here, if you wouldn't mind writing out the, the letters uh, GPS. We talked about a GPS. Um, we're going to work on kind of an acronym here. Um, if you would just put them, um, kids, if you want to put them a G and then a P and then an S. Um, we'll work on an acronym there if you want to put them vertically. Um, we'll, we'll fill out that as we go. So the first uh, letter in our acronym here, GPS is, is G, obviously, is, is God. And uh, everything starts with him. That's where our, when we come, we see that the Israelites, they, they cried out to the Lord. And if we're looking for help, it all starts with God. When you've got your GPS, you let it start with G. You need to cry out to him. We see that the Israelites were in serious trouble, or so they thought. Uh, they were they were trapped between the Egyptians and the Red Sea. Um, let's take a look back uh, just to kind of get some context as to what was going on here. Um, as we kind of look back, we see that um, up until this point, this was uh, recently after um, after God had helped the the, um, the Israelites um, um, escape from Egypt, escape from bondage, that God had just recently um, had used Moses and they had uh, the, the ten plagues that um, had struck all the uh, Egyptians. And this is uh, the Israelites. Finally, after the, the last plague, uh, Pharaoh says, get out of here. He wants, he wants them out of there. So, so they're, 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 headed, they're headed out of Egypt. They're headed out of bondage. And so, but after that last, um, after that last um, uh, um, plague, uh, once again, as you, as you look back, we'll see that uh, Pharaoh's heart becomes hardened. And he winds up you know, deciding, he kind of calls off, uh, his promise and says, you know what, we're going to go after, we're going to go after the, uh, the Israelites. So uh, as we pick up in, um, in verses um, uh, 6 and 7, uh, chapter 14, uh, verses 6 and 7, this is kind of the picture we're, paint, we're painting here for you, that, that God's painting for us, that uh, we see that Pharaoh is now actually, that they're, they're, they're deciding to come after the Israelites after they've escaped. And it says that, um, this is uh, Pharaoh, uh, that he made a chariot ready and took his people with him. And he took 600 select chariots, and all other chariots of Egypt were the officers over all of them. Um, so can you picture, uh, these, here are these Israelites. They've been in bondage for 400 years. And finally, after all these plagues, all these things that had happened, God frees them, and they're on their way out. And uh, they've, they've been led by God, um, and, and they wind up getting to, this, to the Red Sea. And uh, they kind of they take a, a, a look back, and they see the, all these chariots and uh, Pharaoh and his army chasing after them. I, can you imagine? I mean, they must have been scared to death looking back and seeing um, 600 chariots um, and just 
aren't, you know, soldiers coming after them. Here they are. They're with their families. They've got their, their wives, their children with them. They've got all their animals. They've got everything with them. They're not ready to go to battle. They're just, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to, they've been, they've been slaves. They're trying to get freed here. But here we've got Pharaoh and his, and his army chasing after him. Uh, again, they must have been just scared to death. Um, as, I, as I was reading through these passages, I was reminded of a, of a, of a movie my dad and I used to uh, watch together, The Longest Day. I don't know if there's any uh, World War II uh, buffs here, but that was a, a uh, movie about, the, um, about D-Day, about the kind of uh, the Allies getting uh, involved with, the, um, um, with, the free, with freeing of Europe. Um, um, so there's a, there's a one particular scene in that movie um, as all the Allied forces are actually getting ready to, to invade Europe um, that there's a, <clears throat> there's a, uh, a German um, soldier who's actually, he's in one of the bunkers on the beaches and he's actually looking, looking out for the Allied forces, just watching and watching. They, they kind of know that the attack's coming, but they're not sure when it's coming. So he, he gets a call in the middle of the night, hey, we think the attack's coming. So he goes down to his bunker and he's looking and he's looking out on the horizon with his binoculars and he doesn't see anything, nothing at all. So he kind of rides out the night watching and watching. And, and finally, just before he decides that he's going to go to bed, he takes one more last peek and he looks out on the horizon and it is just filled with ships. I mean, this just massive attack is coming. There were, I mean, ships every, you couldn't see any clear sky at all. It was just full of ships. And that's the way I, that's the way I see it here. It just the Israelites, they just, they looked back and they saw all these chariots and these soldiers and these warriors get, coming after them, getting ready to, getting ready to attack them. They, again, they must have been just so scared. And, uh, the, one historian writes that the Egyptians built uh, fast and light chariots and would use them to race, race into position, shower their enemies with arrows, and retreat before a counterattack could be launched. These strikes would demoralize the enemy army making them feel helpless against further attacks. Egyptian chariots carried a driver and an archer and were assembled for a battlefield. So, again, you just kind of paint the picture here how scared they must have been. I say they weren't ready for battle, but they were getting getting attacked. Um, Flip over to Exodus um, 13, verse 21. Um, We kind of get the the picture here of... um, as as the the Egyptian or excuse me the Israelites were being let out, uh, God was with them. Um, we see that um, in Exodus thirteen twenty one it says that the Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way, and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light when they might travel by day or night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night before the people. That God was leading them. They were, uh, they were in God's will. They were, they were being led. That God was working through them. But then we start to see, as we, as we kind of read further into the, path, into the story here, that, um, that trouble kind of comes for them. We read about this army, Pharaoh's army, kind of attacking them. And we see that, um, that trouble be, seems to begin when they, when they start to take their focus off God and they begin to, to look back. You know, up until this point, where God has been leading them through this, through this cloud of smoke during the day and through fire at night. But then, you know, you can kind of, I don't know about you, but I kind of see this in my life. Sometimes, you know, we're looking, we're looking ahead at God, but then we kind of take our focus off of Him. And you kind of see that maybe with the, with the Israelites here. They started to kind of take their focus off God, and they kind of got looking behind Him, and they saw Pharaoh's army coming after Him. They got scared. And this is kind of when all the trouble seems to, seems to take place for them. Um, does that ever happen to you? It certainly does to me. Um, you know, I could be walking along with the Lord pretty well, and all of a sudden, like I said, I, you know, something kind of something grabs my eye. 
you know, in this world that we talked about that we live in, uh, it's not a it's not a great place, and there's a lot of distractions. And you know what? Sometimes as I as I take my eyes off of uh, off of the mark, as they say, uh, off the Lord, that's when I'm easily. That's when trouble starts to enter my life, and I kind of get uh, kind of get sidetracked. Uh, Hebrews twelve two tells us to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. That if we're going to walk with Him, we need to keep our eyes focused on Him. You know, as they say in the military, keep your eyes straight. Um, we'll keep our eyes on, on Him. <clears throat> As I shared before, they were, that we see that the Israelites, they were scared, so they cried out to God. And you know what? Um, eventually, uh, sooner or later, we all cry out to God. The, the Bible tells us that, that one day, every knee will bow and confess Jesus as Lord. That, um, you know what? God is right there. He wants to help us, but we've got we've to call out to Him. And uh, we, he, wants us to, he wants to help us, so we need to, we need to call out for Him. <clears throat> but you know what? As we think about this, as we think about um, them getting scared, and you know they start to get worried, and they're wondering, you know, where is God? But really, from what I've read here, what we see, there there really is no indication at all that God had ever left them. Uh, it's when they decided to, it's when they took their focus, when they took their eyes off of Him, that's when they got in trouble. And so often with us in our lives is that you know we we think to ourselves at, at times of trouble you know when you're being attacked where where is god you know what why has he left me but you know what we don't see any indication at all that god had left the israelites it's more it's more about us it's taking our focus off the lord and that's when we get in trouble uh deuteronomy 31 8 says that the lord is the one who goes ahead of you he will be with you he will not fail you or forsake you do not fear or be dismayed who or what do we run to when we're troubled or frightened. Um, we, we already saw that, that God wants us to come to Him. But so often we, we, turn, we decide we're going to turn to ourselves or maybe we turn to alcohol or maybe we turn to drugs or, or maybe it's some other kind of sin in our life that you know, when, when, when our focus is veered and, and trouble comes, we wind up, we wind up uh, shifting our focus maybe to something else. We want answers from something else. You know, we begin to think, where, where is God now? So we, you know, we, look for, we look for our answers in other places. Um, but whatever it is, God wants us to come to him. Matthew eleven twenty eight tells us, um, Jesus says to us, he says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Uh, that's good news that, to think that, um, that, that Jesus is there. He wants us to come to him. We don't have to go to, these, we don't have to, go to drugs. We don't have to go to, to, to alcohol. We don't have to go to these other things. He wants us to come to him. He wants us to stay focused on him. And, and, and we can come to him. And, and when we do veer off by these distractions, that we can come back to him. Uh, turn with me, if you would, over to Second uh, Kings 6. Uh, just a couple uh, books over, headed towards the New Testament. Second uh, Kings 6. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to talk a, a little bit about a story about Elijah. And uh, we see in Second uh, Kings 6 that Elijah warns the king of Israel that the king of Aram is after him. So King Aram and the Am- Arameans, or Arameans go after Elijah and his attendant, and they appear to be in big trouble. We see that the, the King Aram, as we, uh, as we look at uh, chapter 14, Second uh, Kings 6, 14 through 19, this is, um, this is the King Aram. He's, he's sending uh, horses and chariots and have a great number and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. Now when the attendant of the man of God had risen early and had gone out, Behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, 
for those who are with us are for, far more than those who are with them. Can you just picture that we're talking? This is Elijah's servant that he's talking to. You can just kind of picture him scratching his head like they outnumber we outnumber them. Uh, I don't think so. But uh, it says, then Elijah prayed and said, "O Lord, I pray." Open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. When they came down to him, Elijah prayed to the Lord and said, Strike this people with blindness, I pray. So he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elijah. And then Elijah said to them, This is not the way, nor is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. And he brought them to Samaria. Here we have a, another example uh, in God's word here of, of what appears to be men seem to be in big trouble. Uh, we see that Elijah and his attendant, his attendant they see, if, you know, they feel, oh, the attendants, we're up against the ropes here. We're surrounded. Uh, they outnumber us here. We're scared. But we once again, we see that God was in control, that God had an entire army of angels surrounding them to protect them. But yet, but yet he didn't see it. He didn't know that God was working. Um, Elijah's uh, attendant, well, he, was, he was scared to death because he wasn't able to see how the Lord was working. But you know what? There's a commonality in both of these stories that we see godly men who remain calm and allow God to work. You know, it's, it's Moses with the Israelites and it's Elijah in this story that, you know, they don't get all excited. They don't get all, wow, you know, where's God now? Some confident men that trust in the Lord and, and, and bring a stillness, bring a peace to to, to the people that they're with. Let's, listen, let's stay calm. Elijah, Elijah had been, God had been speaking to him. He was one of God's prophets. And he said, look, look at it. We're, we, we outnumber them. There's nothing to be scared of at all. And that's kind of the way we see it with Moses here, that you know, he remains calm with the Lord. Uh, we can go back over to, uh, to Exodus uh, 14. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the next time you find yourself in a mess, or at least what you think is a mess, will you seek the Lord's help? Um, if you're in His will, Know that he's fighting for you, uh, just like just like Elijah's servant that was that was scared. That if we're in God's will, that he is he is fighting for us. Uh, will you call on him, the one who loves you, or maybe he's calling you to be the one to step to step up and be the calm one. Uh, maybe when when times are are difficult for your family or your friends, and you know what you you veered off and and things God's bringing maybe there's some challenges. And, uh, you know, you maybe kind of turn away from God. Well, maybe God's calling you to be that person, to be that calm one, to seek the Lord and to, to keep the others around you, to keep you calm. And maybe that's, uh, maybe that's what he's looking for, for you to be a leader that points others to him during times of trouble. Um, so often we can take our focus off the Lord, and that's when we, that's we see, that's when we begin to get in trouble. We start to doubt God and take it out on others. Uh, let's look back in uh, Exodus 14 at uh, verses 11 and 12. I'll read those again. It says, Then they said to Moses, this is the, uh, the Israelites, It's because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. Why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt, saying, Leave us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. <clears throat> We, uh, well, the, 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 the next uh, letter in our, in our acronym is P, and uh, you can fill this out. It says P is proven, that God has proven, uh, he had proven to the Israelites time and time, yet they, they, continue, they doubted him. We see in these chapters that, you know, God had done so much for them. Uh, you know, these, these, uh, 
uh, plagues that we had talked about, that God had actually been there in a cloud. He had been directing them. And, but yet um, we see them start, the Israelites start to doubt God. And so oftentimes in our life that we've, we start to doubt him. But you know what? God is proven and that the P is proven. Uh, we often, uh, unfortunately, um, in our own lives, we see that, um, that we quickly forget what God has done for them and what God has done for us. Um, like I said, he had just, he had just uh, uh, um, cast these, these terrible plagues on, the, on the, all the Egyptians, but yet he spared the Israelites through the worst of those. <clears throat> and God continues to, uh, to, to fulfill his covenant. Um, he blesses, he's, he's been blessing the, the Israelites. Uh, if we would turn back to Genesis 15, um, we, we'll read about the covenant that God made with, uh, with Abraham. Uh, chapters 13 and through 16, um, Genesis 15, 13 through 16. Uh, and this is, this is, again, this is God blessing the Israelites, yet they, they're quick to, to forget what God has done. Uh, verse 13 says, God said to Abram, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land <clears throat> that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed 400 years. This is the Israelites we're talking about. But I will also judge the nation whom they serve, and afterward they will come out with many possessions. Again, God is blessing them. You can see it here. And as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace, and you shall be buried in a good old age. Then in the fourth generation they shall return here for my iniquity, for the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet complete. <clears throat> They're headed to the promised land. Uh, Exodus 12, uh, 35 through 36 tells us that, that God had given them favor in the sight of the, of the Egyptians. They were, uh, they, not only were they freed, but God had given them favor uh, through uh, the offering uh, that the Israelites were, um, were found in favor with the Egyptians. That the Egyptians actually, not only did they send them away, that they free them, but they gave them silver and gold and clothing. So again, we can just see the, the blessings that, that had been up to this point, that, um, that um, God had just been blessing the Israelites. Not only, um, yeah, yeah, they spent 400 years in freedom, but God had made a promise to Abraham that, um, that they, would, they would return, that they would come out, after 400 years, they would come out of bondage and that they would enter into the promised land. And this is the beginning of all that, that God has been, has been blessing them. But, but we just see that, when, you know what, when, that they had kind of taken their focus off and uh, they, start to, they start to doubt God. <clears throat> we see that they kind of, they started to begin, they began to act like an animal that's been backed into a corner. Um, they become defensive and ready to fight. Uh, they, as we see in these verses, they start to lash out at Moses like it was his fault for the way that they had felt. Uh, they began foolish talk, saying things that didn't make any sense. They became sarcastic, insinuating that Moses had led them out to be killed in the woods. <laughs> we certainly know that wasn't his plan. But you can just imagine, as they, start re- they were starting to rethink about their lives in bondage, like they had been in for 400 years, but try to rationalize that that kind of life was better. They start to make up all these crazy excuses, even though we know this was God's plan for them. Uh, when things started to get hard, they, they started, you know what, they, they started to attack Moses. And you know what, it would have been better off for us to just stay in Egypt than to, than to have this happen to us. They become very sarcastic. They become, they kind of, they become nasty to him. Um, it's almost like they begin to have a, a kind of have a pity party for themselves, forgetting all about that God had done for them and how He had been working through their lives. Uh, Psalm one hundred six seven says, uh, "Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders; they did not remember your abundant kindness, but rebelled by the sea at the Red Sea." Uh, this appears to be selfish behavior on their part. They said a lot of things that I'm sure they eventually regretted. 
Uh, one theologian writes that, uh, of self-pity, he states that it's a cure, that the self-pity's cure is to remember the goodnesses of God. This type of behavior must have hurt Moses, or even worse, God. Um, like telling him that, what, you know, all right, God, you haven't done enough for us. You know what, we're going to get upset. We're going we're gonna to lash out at, at Moses. Where, you know what, uh, you know, your plan's not good enough for us. Bring us back, put us back in bondage. Uh, what, everything you've done for us isn't good enough. Can you imagine how that must have hurt Moses? And even worse, how much that must have hurt God. That uh, he, he had blessed them so much, but yet they were so quick to, um, to you know, when things got tough, to, um, to forget what God had done for them. Um, it's like they were just telling him, God, I'm sorry, you just haven't done enough for me. Uh, they try to, it almost seems like they're, they're making God out to be a liar or that he wasn't keeping his word, which we know is impossible. Um, God always keeps his word and keeps his promises. Uh, what would the Egyptians think if, if, they were to see, if they were to see the Israelites acting this way? Um, what would they think of their God if they saw him acting this way? You know, and that's kind of the way we think about uh, today that, uh, you know, when things, when things don't go right, such as they were for the Israelites, that, you know, they, they, begin, they have this pity party or they, they start to, you know what, God, just, just take, I take everything back. You know, put me back in bondage. Uh, you know, everything you've done for me, I'm upset or whatever. How, does, how, do you think that, how do you think the Egyptians would have felt when they, saw, when they saw the Israelites acting that way? What would they think about their God? And what, what do outsiders, what, do, what, do, uh, what were they thinking? And what do... What do uh, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you know what, sometimes I don't know about you, but I've acted this way before that, you know what? Uh, all right. I, I get upset with God or I get upset with, with my pastor. Or I get upset with these different things. And how does that look to an outsider? How might they think, uh, what would they think about our God when they see us acting that way? Um, I don't think it'd be too pleasing to him. <clears throat> so how often does this happen to us when we, when we come more focused on ourselves than on God or others, um, when something doesn't go right or we feel like we're trapped, we lean on ourselves instead of God. It's easy to say that we love God and we follow Him when things are easy, but what about when, when life starts getting hard? How do we react to the difficult times when we feel like we're up against the ropes? Uh, like a boxer who's in his final round of a fight that's not going so well, what do we do? How do we handle it? Um, you may think to yourself, you know, that's not me. I'm good. You know, I would have never acted like those Israelites. You know, that's, that's easy, for, easy for us to say, certainly easy for me to say, like, why? as I read this, I think to myself, what are they doing? Why, why were they doing this? I mean, don't they see that all that God had done for them? But, you know, it's easy for me to, to look back and to see that when I don't have the whole picture. You know, they didn't have the whole picture. But, you know what, um, unfortunately, um, we, we far too often do this ourselves. And, you know what, if, if someone was to look back at my life, a hundred years from now, would they be thinking the same thing? Tony, how did you, I, God did so much for you, but yet you rebelled against him. What's, what, why, why did you do this? Uh, you know, how many similarities to this story could there be compared to, to my life? You know, uh, unfortunately, there are, there are some similarities in my life. And I don't know about you, but there's been times just, you know, just like uh, the Israelites did to Moses, that I've taken my frustration out on others. And uh, regrettably, it's oftentimes... Uh, to the, to the people that are closest to us, to the, ones that, to the ones that we love. And it can really hurt others. Oftentimes it's just because we're not right with the Lord. 
and uh, we've, uh, we've kind of veered off. We've, we, our eyes haven't been focused on him. We kind of start going down that wrong path. We kind of get separated from him. We're not living right. And you know what? Where is God? You know, we start to question, where is God? He's not with us. You know, why has he left me? I get frustrated. I start to take it out on, on this person or that person. But really what we need to do is to get our, is to get our life uh, right with him. <clears throat> it doesn't look like that, have to, to be like this. Um, with the Lord's help, we can get better. If we will stay close to him, if we'll trust him, if we'll pick up our cross daily and follow him, constantly remembering what he's done for us, we, need to, we can take a look at the big picture. And uh, you know what? As the Israelites thought that they, maybe they were trapped, you know, they were up against that Red Sea. Um, if, we can, if we can look at the big picture and try not to get ourselves back into a corner where, you know what, um, stay close to the Lord. Don't get trapped back into that corner where, you know what, you've got to make a decision, a rash decision this way, a rash decision that way. We can, we can settle things quickly with the Lord. You know, when we, have, when we have been distracted, when we have made that wrong choice, instead of getting to the point where, you know, our, our family life starts to be affected, our, our coworkers get affected, because all because we've, we've taken our focus off the Lord, that, you know what, we can settle things quickly with Him. And, and, when, and we can, um, it doesn't have to be like this. Sometimes what we need to do is we need to reevaluate our relationship with the Lord um, and make sure that that's right first. Because truly, if our, if, our, if our relationship isn't right with him, then nothing else is going to be right. So, and truly, that's, that's what God desires from us. Um, but thankfully, we see that Moses, uh, he turns the Israelites' focus from their negative, selfish thoughts to focusing on the Lord. Sometimes, really, all that we need is someone to point us back to God. Um, as we continue to, to look at the, the last couple of verses here, uh, verses um, 13 and 14, out of Exodus 14, it says, But Moses said to the people, Do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. The last S of our, of our acronym is solution. God is the solution to our fear and our troubles. When we, when we, when we get sidetracked, God is our solution. And thankfully, we see that Moses hasn't, hasn't forgotten the power of the Lord. Uh, Hebrews 2, 3a tells us that how will we escape if we neglect the great salvation? Thank God for leaders like, like Moses, uh, ones that will pick, uh, pick us up when we're, when we're down, an encourager. That's the kind of guy that we want to have around us, someone that'll, that's close to the Lord and someone that, that trusts in him, someone that can be an encourager for us. We see that, that Moses knew the Lord's plan, and he was confident in him. Uh, Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. He tells us, as we see in, uh, in, chapter thir- or excuse me, in verse 13, it says to stand by and, to stand by and see um, the salvation of the Lord. Um, Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be anxious. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you in my righteous hand. He doesn't, see, we don't need, God doesn't need us. He tells us to stand here for, for salvation. That he doesn't need us to do anything but to trust in him. That God has our back. Salvation is from the, from the Lord is accomplished for you today, as it says. Salvation of the Lord, which He will accomplish for you today. Isn't that awesome news? That, uh, that God's freeing His people that day and that He wants to free you today? Um, 
the Lord fights for our salvation. And the good news is, is that God wins. Uh, he's already won the battle for our salvation. That Jesus defeated death while dying on the cross and rising for us again on the third day. Uh, this is, this is a, you know, uh, this is a, the Old Testament picture paints the salvation of Jesus Christ is like. Um, that we don't need to, we don't need to work. Um, we just need to accept it. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. We see that Jesus did the work, uh, and salvation is always through faith. The Israelites could not have defeated the Egyptians on their own. It was only through the work of the Lord that they were freed. God wanted their hearts, not their works. And that's true today. Our works won't ever be good enough. Um, I just this picture that of just you know what thousands of years or you know a couple thousand years before Jesus came and it just paints this picture of what salvation is like. I just it says to stand by and to know that the Lord will fight for you and that salvation is here for you today. Um, that it's not about us. It's it's about trusting in Him. Um, <clears throat> as some of you uh, know, I worked as a in a prison as a correction officer. Um, I worked in a maximum security jail for about 14 years. And as you can imagine, that job can be um, kind of difficult at times, to say the least. But really, the, the best part of the job really was the, the guys that I worked with. And for any of you that haven't worked in that environment before, um, you become pretty close. You'd be like family. Um, it's a pretty stressful environment. Uh, you'd kind of be like, you, you'll become like brothers. Um, you rely on each other so much in dangerous situations. Uh, you know, I know there's there's other jobs out there, police departments, fire departments, things like that, where you're 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 involved in some some you know not everyday stuff, and really all you have is is each other, and uh, you you learn to to completely trust in your partner. Um, there's times when you have to, you know that uh, that he's got your back and, and you've got his, and, the, and and if you haven't been in a prison, you know that the the good guys are are far outnumbered by the bad guys, um, but. Um, <clears throat> While working in a prison, um, I learned that you must you got to trust in your partner. When things get bad, which they do from time to time, there isn't any time for talking or second-guessing. You rely on your partner or someone winds up getting hurt. Uh, this is just a small picture of what the Lord does for us, that He has got our back even when we don't have His, that we need to trust Him. He's our Heavenly Father who loves us more than we can understand. Uh, will you trust the one who never leaves you? Will you allow Him to work when things go bad? If you're looking for backup through these, uh, these struggles, all these struggles that we've talked about tonight, uh, you can know that he's right there waiting for you. Um, we remember that God has, God has provided the GPS for you, that the G stands for God, and remember that he is the one that, um, that never leaves us, uh, um, and that the P is proven. Through thick and t- thin, through good times and bad, God loves, God's love is proven. Uh, he was is and will always be and the s is for solution Uh, jesus christ is the solution to our problems our salvation is through him alone Uh, when you walk out of here today um, when trouble seems to find you as unfortunately it probably will if not tonight um, sometime tomorrow sometime next week um, as we as i shared in the beginning we kind of live in a messed up world and sooner or later uh, a distraction will come and uh, you know what? It's tough to not sometimes get distracted. But will you, will you try to stay focused? And will you remember that, um, 
that we have a GPS, that we have God's proven solution, that it's through him, that we don't have to turn to, to, to this or we don't have to turn to that. You know, we, don't, we don't need to get angry with our family. We don't need to, uh, we don't need to, to, to work at, at doing this to, to have uh, salvation, that we just need to stay focused on him. And that salvation is here for us today, as it was for the Israelites uh, a few thousand years ago, that salvation is here uh, for us today. <clears throat> and to remember that um, he, wants, he wants to help us through the tough times, that um, he, he wants to give us a GPS. He, wants, he is right there. Uh, his word is our GPS, really, that uh, the Holy Spirit is there. And if you've ever accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that you have the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. And uh, we can rely on him to get us through the, these tough times. Um, the, the, I guess the, the, really, the only thing um, left here is, is will you trust him um, through the t- hard times? And uh, will you come to him through these difficult times? And you know what? If, um, if you haven't ever put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and accepted him as your personal Savior, then a lot of this isn't going to make sense to you. Um, you know what, um, this whole thing of keeping your focus on him or kind of getting off path from him or, you know, um, knowing that salvation is here for you today. But um, Jesus Christ came to, to earth to, uh, to make our relationship right with God, that he came as a payment for the, the sins in our lives, that, um, that we, can, we can have salvation through him. Um, that we can be forgiven of our sins, that we can have a right relationship with him, that if we accept him, just, to, just as, it, as, as uh, it's shared in, in this story, that uh, to, stand, to stand still, that salvation is here for you today. That's what God wants you to do right now, is to stand still, to get quiet, to stand still with him, and to accept him, and to know that salvation is here for you today, that you can have the assurance of heaven well, you won't have to worry about these problems anymore. You know, one day we all face uh, our, our last day here on earth. And um, there, is, there is life after death. And um, we can have a good life with him, the promise of being with him where there will be no more trouble. Or we can have the reality of, uh, of a terrible life separated from him. Um, salvation is here today. Will you accept that gift that he's given you? Will you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, uh, I thank you for this day, Lord. Um, I thank you for this time that we had to, um, to study your word tonight, Father. Um, I thank you for this, um, this, this picture uh, that you've given us of salvation, Lord. Of, uh, how we saw that you were, you were working in the lives of the Israelites, Father, and how you had been guiding them, directing them, and they had been following you, Lord. And we see that you were right there with them. But, Father, um, we know oftentimes in our lives, for me personally, that um, sometimes we, we pull away from you, Lord, that uh, we make wrong decisions. Um, we feel like we're separated from you, Father. We, we feel like we're lost. And um, your word tells us that you'll never leave us, Father, that it's us that leaves you. Father, I, I'm sorry for, for leaving you. I pray that, um, that uh, t- tonight, that if there's anyone here that uh, has strayed from you, Father, that they would come back to you, Father, um, that they wouldn't take it out on their loved ones, 
that they would um, they would get their 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 focus and their um, their heart right with you tonight, Lord. And if Father, if there's anyone here that um, that has never put their faith and their trust in you for the first time, Lord, I, I pray that um, that you would just um, help them to accept you tonight, Lord, and they would um, um, they realize that salvation is here today, Lord, and that they can have the, the promise of heaven by accepting you. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for for him dying on the cross and rising on the third day and defeating death for us. And we just thank you for, for your message and for your word. We love you and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, um, <clears throat> we, we generally just at the end of the service here just like to take a, a couple minutes just to, to kind of reflect on uh, what God may have said to you tonight, how he may have worked in your heart. Um, I know as I, as I read these passages, I know sometimes it, it can kind of seem kind of hard sometimes, you know, that, uh, you know, there seems to be, you know, like, wow, there's a kind of a, a narrow path here that, uh, you know, God wants us to stay with him constantly. And, um, you know, what happens when we, what happens when we get off path with him or, or what happens when we, when we, when we, things aren't right? Well, God wants you to just, just to come to him, to not, to not worry about works, to not worry about uh, doing this or doing that. He just wants you to trust him. Um, tonight we can, we can just trust him. We can, um, if we have gone off the, the wrong path, let tonight be the night that we, that we make our lives right with him and we get back on, we get back on track. We keep our eyes uh, on the prize. On, on heaven, on Jesus Christ. Um, and if, uh, like I said, if, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, Jesus Christ is your Savior, you've never asked him to, to come into your life, to be Lord of your life, to forgive you of your sins, salvation is here today. 